Toronto and Ryerson University. You're listening to Stretch 5 Sports, your local source for weekly sports news, big and small. Heard first on Morning Mixtape on CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Christina Flores-Chan with Alex Baumgardner, Nate Kennedy, Andrew Yang, and Curtis Martin. We're second-year journalism students at Ryerson, and with the school year wrapping up and finals underway, this is our 10th and final episode of Stretch 5 Sports. So without further ado, let's get right into it, starting with local news. The provincial government has shut down 800 public and private golf courses after stricter COVID-19 restrictions went into effect last week, amid rising cases and a slow vaccination rollout, and Ontarians are not happy about it. According to TSN's golf analyst Bob Weeks, the sport's popularity skyrocketed on a national level last year because of its accessibility as an outdoor and socially distanced sport. The province's golf courses were quick to set extra health and safety rules into the clubs as well, ensuring that patrons and staff were adhering to the government's COVID-19 regulations. According to the Toronto Star, in 2020, Islington Golf Course in Etobicoke hosted more than 37,000 rounds of golf without a single transmission at the course, and it's only one of the hundreds of courses that managed to carry zero cases all year. During a time in the pandemic where Ontarians are awaiting a subpar vaccination rollout process across the province, after more than a year without their favorite sports and activities, being able to safely pick up a golf club and take a swing is served as a fresh breath air for a lot of people, something that is now being taken away from them. We'll send it over now to Alex, who has a huge update on soccer. The soccer community slash world football community is up in arms. Over the last 24 hours, some huge news has come out of Europe. 12 of Europe's leading football clubs have agreed to establish the European Super League. This proposed Super League is supposed to rival the UEFA Champions League format. If you don't know what the UEFA Champions League is, top clubs from... The major leagues in Europe all compete in the Champions League and they go for the UCL title. That's how it's happened for years. What this project's going to do is is have these major clubs play against each other throughout the course of the season. The 12 teams who agree to take part in this competition are as follows. AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and Tottenham Hotspur. This announcement caused backlash from supporting domestic leagues including the Premier League, Serie A, and La Liga. UEFA has come out with a statement threatening to ban players whose clubs are taking part in the Super League from taking part in any competition at the domestic, European, or world level including the FIFA World Cup. If UEFA goes through with this, the teams who are currently occupying next year's Champions League spots, most of them will not be able to play in the tournament, meaning the teams who had likely no chance of competing in Europe will get those spots next season. As a big football supporter, I do not like this decision at all. It seems like most of the footballing world also does not like this decision. The fans have no benefit in this. Their teams can't play in the domestic leagues like the Premier League. They can't play in story tournaments like the Champions League or the FA Cup. The only ones benefiting from this league are going to be the owners. The players, if they can't play in the World Cup, it's going to cause a lot of backlash too. This is still a developing story, so this is all I can bring for you at this time. So let's swing it over to Nate and see what he's got about the fight last night between Jake Paul and Ben Askren. 
Thanks, Alex. The moment the internet had been waiting on for what seemed like ages finally came to fruition last night, with Jake Paul and former UFC fighter Ben Askren going toe-to-toe in one of the most anticipated professional fighting matches in recent history, for many reasons. Following an electric performance by Canada's own Justin Bieber, it was finally time for the main event to begin. As the bell signaled the beginning of the fight, the end of the bout would come just two minutes into the bout, when Paul caught Askren with an overhand right, sending him down to the canvas. After getting to his feet before the 10 count, referee Brian Stutz evaluated Askren, asking him to move towards him to be able to continue the fight. Shortly after, the fight was called with 59 seconds to go in the first round, with Stutz ruling that Askren was unfit to continue due to his moving simultaneously sideways while approaching the referee. As the aftermath of the fight ensued, with Jake Paul enthusiastically approaching the play-by-play desk to greet rap legend Snoop Dogg boasting his win in Snoop's successful bet on the internet star, the internet was not as convinced with the victory, as the term rigged was trending on Twitter only seconds after the conclusion of the fight. Several Twitter users had their doubts about the fight after Ben was knocked out so early in the first round, considering the grueling and taxing bouts Askren had endured over his UFC career. Over 39,000 users expressed their unhappiness over the fight, encapsulated by Jake's tweets after the fight. After knocking out Askren, who said in his post-fight interview he would be stepping away from fighting in pursuit of coaching wrestling, Paul took to Twitter, saying, Who should I retire next? With an undefeated record of 3-0 so early in his career, many are eager for Paul to seek a challenge against a trained boxer in order to submit his early claim as a legitimate fighter. Could it be Nate Diaz? Could it be Dylan Danis? Or could he be seeking a fight against Floyd Money Mayweather? Only time will tell. Now let's send it over to Curtis with his Blue Jays recap. The Toronto Blue Jays look to continue their winning ways after their series against the Yankees as they look to take on the Kansas City Royals in a four-game series to start their road trip. The Jays pitching didn't come out strong in the opening game Thursday as starter Anthony Kay gave up four runs in three and a third innings to put the Royals up early. But Tanner Roark didn't do much better coming out of the bullpen as he would give up another three runs in the fourth to extend the Royals' lead to seven to nothing. The Blue Jays' bats would come alive, though, in the sixth inning after Joe Panic hit a double to cash in two of the Jays' four runs in the inning to cut the lead to 7-4. to four. Then, in the seventh, Vladimir Grail Jr. would hit a bomb out to center field to bring the Jays within two, heading into the final innings. It was too little too late, though, for the Jays, as the Royals would hang on in the ninth inning with Vlad striking out as the last out of the game to take game one of the series. The Jays would end up playing a doubleheader on Saturday due to Friday's game being rained out. In the first game, it was all Jays as starting pitcher Stephen Matz held the Royals hitless for five innings. With the bats, the Jays would get off to a quick start with a two-run double from Gurriel in the first inning and a Jonathan Davis solo home run off the foul post in the fifth to give the Jays a three-run lead. That would be enough for the Jays as the bullpen held the Royals and gave the Jays a 5-1 win in the seven-inning game. In the second game of the doubleheader, the Royals would respond back as after the Jays scored the first run of the game, the Royals would get two of their own off Tommy Malone in the third to take an early lead. The Blue Jays would respond in the fourth to tie up, but ultimately the Royals would take the game off of a walk-off home run from Salvador Perez to to split the doubleheader with a 3-2 win. The series finale saw both teams struggle to cash in runs on their opportunities, as despite Jays pitcher Robbie Ray giving up six walks in his outing, both teams were kept scoreless going into the seventh inning, where the Royals would hit the only two runs of the game as they would go on to shut out the Blue Jays 2-0 to win the game and win the series three games to one. 
The Jays will look to bounce back after a day off today as they will look to take on the Boston Red Sox in a quick two-game set. Now sending it over to Drew with basketball. The Toronto Raptors have been on a three-game winning streak as of today with a special shout-out to their supporting cast. Players such as Ken Birch, Yuta Watanabe, Paul Watson, and Malachi Flynn all played critical roles in the Raptors' success in the past week. Among these performances, Freddie Gillespie also proved that he was a prime performer in the Raptors' success, leading to the team signing Gillespie to a second 10-day contract. With this in mind, Raptors fans could be asking themselves if they've found their new bench mob. This past week also saw two impressive performances from the matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, with Celtics forward Jason Tatum dropping 44 points, while Chef Steph Curry whipped up 47 points of his own. And that wraps up episode 10 of Stretch 5 Sports, our final episode for the season. From the boys and I, a huge thank you to CJRU for allowing us to keep reporting on sports news every week, and a huge thank you to you as a listener for supporting our local radio. We wish you a happy and safe and wonderful summer, and we'll see you in the fall for season two.